0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast where we'll be previewing this Saturday's action where we'll be focusing on the racing at Sandown and at Haydock and of course we'll be featuring the Group 1 Eclipse Stakes. But before we get into the selections let's see how everyone is. We'll start with Paul, my favourite Irishman. How's it going? We haven't seen you on the podcast for a little while.
1: No. Uh, it's been a while now, i been very, been kept going, um, but yeah, thankfully all is good. I passed, got a business degree, bachelor's uh, degree in business studies since I was last talking to you, which is quite remarkable. I wouldn't have thought that now uh, four years ago, but um so happy with that, passed all the exams, so pretty, all is pretty
0: good. I'm confident we'll find some winners. How's the form been?
1: Thor's been all right now. actually had a winner today. We're recording here on Thursday evening. Had a winner today, and um, three bags full, in the six o'clock at Belly a horse that, that caught me eye when I was going through the card last night. He was priced up at six to one, returning 13 to eight, joint favourite. So he gives the young rider, Jamie Powell, his, his first winner on the flat. So I was delighted with that. Three bags full, the sharp five looked ideal. Draw was a slight question mark. So I thought Jamie Powell did remarkably well to get across to the inside rail from stall nine. It's quite a sharp five left-handed furlong set at Bellis.
0: Huh? Yeah, I think uh, that you must be influencing markets now. Six to one, 13 to eight favourite and Callahan Money must have been down. How about you, Mark, though? How's it going? You were on uh, Racing Post Live last week. How did it go?
2: Yeah, uh, I was on Racing Post Live last week. It was
0: quite, quite competitive stuff. Um had the
2: crossbar a few times. Um, yeah, it was quite competitive. Um, I think we showed a small profit on the day. But yeah, like, good to be back on our In The Saddle podcast. Um, obviously, we're looking at some, some top racing this weekend. Hopefully, we can we can get a, a couple of winners. Obviously, good to have Mr Paul Callahan back as well, marking the card.
0: Yeah, definitely. So let's get straight into it then. This is always one of the, the best weekends I find during the summer. always like the Eclipse meeting at Sandown. There's two days of it. There's going to be some on Friday and Saturday, but the better card, arguably is on Saturday, with that feature race being the Coral Eclipse, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. But the first race we're going to be previewing at Sandown is the 150th. It's the Coral Charge. It's a group three over the sprint course of five furlongs. i uh, will come to you here, Mark Arasibo, is your current favourite. Do you think he's the most likely winner, or did you want to take him on?
2: Yeah, I thought this was um, quite a competitive race, Chris, um, to get things started off. Obviously, I know we've got some... Uh, some big handicaps later on. Um, I was quite keen on uh, Atlas Bay. Um, it's currently roughly around nine to one. Um, Marco Botti, Andrea Adzini, um takes the ride. Uh, it's been competitive in the last two runs, in Listed company, and I think can make the step up here to group three company. I uh the second at York to win a power on the thirteenth of May reads well to me. Uh, likewise the victory last time out in the Scurry Listy stakes race at sat down on the twelfth of June. I think that's solid form and I was proven that he handles the track. Uh, I just think this one could be competitive with a step up in grade as uh, well, two grade three. Um, and obviously around about eight to one was bigger about around eleven to one earlier on today at the time of corner on Thursday. But I'd be surprised if this one's uh, goes off eight to one. Uh, looks a cracking each way bet for me. And obviously has a closer distance form, which is very vital, especially sandown.
0: Yeah, the three year olds have got a good record in this race in recent years. Curious uh, Lee as well won it last year, so it is a race that can often prove to go with those younger progressive types. And actually, I put him up on a, on another podcast I did earlier. He was around about t- ten, eleven to one at the time, so obviously he's being well backed, and I think he'll be a slightly shorter. Come the day. How about you, Paul? Did you like the favourite Arecibo or you taking him on?
1: No, I like the favourite. I like Arecibo. He's the highest rated in the lineup, was second in the King's stand last time out on good to firm. Slight question mark would be if, if that race, how big a mark that race has left on the favourites here. But, you know, assuming that, that Arecibo is none the worse, he won't mind the going. He's won on good and he's won on soft. So he won't mind whatever the weather. I think it, it's Arecibo. He's hard to oppose for me.
0: Do you think maybe he, the the race just fell in his lap last time out at Ascot? Because I remember there was a lot of talk about how quick they went and it just set up for the closures. Like, Oxstead, is a horse that arguably could be better over six furlongs and Arecibo as well has always been known as a late finisher. Do you think it, he was maybe flattered in that race?
1: I think so. Well, he played the cards he was dealt. Um, you know, there was plenty of pace that so would have, you know, Fast run races generally tend to to suit all the performers. What have we got? Just the the nine runners, ten runners going to post here. You know, we might not have the the fast or pace to to aim at here, but on all known form, he's he's the one they all have to beat. Came from the dark is interesting. But, um, you know, if the rain appears, if the rain arrives, came from the dark, has finished second on soft ground, but still would have, have a bit to find with Arecibo. I don't care for the rest, shouldn't. If Arecibo turns up, the rest shouldn't be, be good enough, I don't think. Lazuli has has never run on ground slower than good. So, good to soft, sorry, finished 8-12, only beat 4 home on on good to soft ground at Newmarket back in October 2019. So, if the rain does arrive, the ground remains soft. At, at Sandown, Lazuli, the ground would pose a, a question mark. So, on all known form... The biggest fear would be how much of, of a mark has the the run and the king stand left on Arecibo. But assuming that all is good, he's the one that has to be.
0: Yeah, that's definitely the best piece of form on offer. And you can see why he's favourite and arguably as well. He's very well treated at the weights being the highest rated horse and um, actually gets three pounds as well from Mizzouli. So lots of things in Arecibo's favour. So it's Arecibo for Paul. And I'm in agreement with Mark. We're at with uh, Atlas Bay, who's the progressive three-year-old in the lineup. We then move on to the second race at Sandown. We're going to be previewing. It's a listed race. It's the Coral Distaff. Statement is your current favourite for Ryan Moore and Martin Mead. Are we going in with the favourite here again, Paul, or did you like one at a bigger price?
1: I'm looking to take the favourite on here. I am going to take a chance on Oria for Andrew Bowling and Ossie Murphy. Aurea ran a, a bit of a stop-start race at Newbury last time out. I think she's better than that. She ended up finishing, just having a look here, she ended up finishing fourth in the end. Prior to that, she, she finished fourth to six. Prior to that, she was a good second at Ascot. She's, you know, she's only one victory in the all-weather from four starts in total. But I think she's better than her than form suggests. There's still plenty of potential there, and Andrew Boling's runners generally improve with experience. So I'm going to take a chance on Aurea.
0: Yeah, she's definitely one of the more interested in fillies, I would say, in the lineup. And that drop down and trip, I think, might, might suit her. I think, um, and the stiff hill nature, stiff uphill nature of Sandown, I think, would be in her favour as well. I definitely think she's a major player. How about you, Mark? Were you keen on the favourite?
2: It's just on Paul Callaghan's selection there. I do think it's a, a good shout there. Um, I think my only concern was the ground factor. I think creative flair, that one looks quite smart as well. So I was actually looking at. Aurea, so maybe maybe we can put a forecast up here for listeners. I'm not sure if it can be a reverse though, Paul Callaghan. But yeah, I'm actually quite keen on the favourite. Um, I'm a change man now. Um, found a few favourites today. But I think um, I think Statement Luke look, looks hard to beat. It um, was, was around 5-2 to two earlier on today. I see there's about a 2-1 there now, 15-8, 7-4 in places. I just think uh, ultra-consistent... Uh, Previous three runs been in a higher grade, uh, steps down in class. The listed company and just think it looks like the one to beat. I think the, the form behind Andrew Bald is Alcohol Free on the 18th of April reads well. Uh, well Alcohol Free is a Group One winner. Did it well at Ascot on the 18th of June in the Coronation Stakes Group One. Highly touted. Uh ran was a second that day, so the form looks solid. This to me this this looks a uh, uh, below average listed race, I think made make statement. Um, actually thinks value around 15 to eight, but I would uh, I'd actually thought Oriel was was the danger. Um, potentially and obviously, and i will have that form line with um, alcohol free. Definitely want to keep on side as well.
0: Yeah, there's a few hit in here with form lines from the Coronation Stakes. I'll put up Shine View, That was the way I was thinking. I thought her run at uh, York, where she finished fourth in the Listed race, is one of the strongest pieces of form on offer, and I thought she was quite a big price in that Listed race at York. You had Primo Basho, who would have been favourite for the Coronation. If she hadn't uh, been withdrawn creative flair snow lantern were in that race and they were seen to good effect in the coronation and i think last time at newcastle she just didn't quite stay the trip even though they did finish in a uh in a bunch group i think she'll be more comfortable down uh in trip back to the mile and i think at double figure price she she could run well And i don't think you should be ruling her out so we're all Um, not agreeing on this race we've all got different opinions but that's the way we like it here we don't always like to agree because normally when we agree it's normally a curse so yeah um, it's a statement for Mark, Aurea for, um, for, for Paul and for myself it's shine for you. We then go to the feature race of the day it's the Coral Eclipse group one and even though we've only got the four runners it's definitely a quality lineup uh I'll come to uh Mark here. Mishriff is obviously your current favourite. Uh did you like Mishriff or did you like uh the other two big ones in the market or even the outsider?
2: Quite keen on the favourite. Um I think I'm a changed man now. It's not like me, but I think uh your Paul Callans. He's chirping up. What have you got to say, Paul? I was gonna say what did you change? You're starting to rub 19, off for of me. Started a rub off from me, Paul Callaghan. No, I, um, I think Mishruth uh, is the one to beat here in um, you know, a revelation the past two seasons. Sh- should be good enough to concede weight to the highly tied St Mark's Mal-Zilka. Um I just think it's the best form on softer surface, but receiving a ton of weight as well uh, from Waym at Adayeb and John and Farry Gosden's Mishruth here. But I just think uh, Mishruth's got too much class. Um, just think this is the best trip as well for Mishriff. Should be able to dominate from the front. Um you'd expect Eldrama to go forward, but I think Mishrif will pick it up um coming into the straight. Um I just think uh some Mark Basilica as well needs more cut in the ground. Um that's why I'm upsiding with uh with uh Mishrif, um real classy sort, international runner. Um I just think this one's got too much class. I think this is definitely wanna be.
0: I definitely think it's gonna be an interesting race how it plays out tactically. I, I personally just go with Reef. He's actually got experience of uh, winning in small fields. Uh, when he won uh, Group 2 at Deauville last year, that was a, a small four-runner field. So he's got the experience where the likes of St. Mark's Basilica, El Drama, it might just get a little bit too tactical tactical for them. Adeyab, you'd have to really give a massive positive to if the rain uh, did did come. He's a course winner, but I think it might not be deep enough for him. And I I think he's definitely weather-dependent. Um, even though there is already a bit of cut in the ground, but with it drying out tomorrow, uh, I'm not sure and that's going to suit him. How about you, though, uh, Paul? Are we all in agreement, Mishrith here, or uh, did you like no, to I'm marks? Gonna, I,
1: I'm a massive Adame fan. I absolutely love the horse. I'm a big fan of William Haggis and Tom McLean, and I hope the ground stays soft enough. He was second on season reappearance. He was a winner in Australia when last seen at Randwick Park on the seventeenth of April. I do hope the ground stays soft. So I absolutely love the horse. He's the highest rated in the field. He's also the oldest in the field. Of course a seven year old taking on the three and four year olds. And um I hope the ground is soft enough and, and I hope it if not, I hope the rain arrives on Saturday. So it's a day, but all day long for me.
2: Yeah I, I... that's a
1: hard ruling head now as well. I think it sounds like fight
2: out. fight and talk there, Paul Callahan. You give me even money in the match bet.
1: What's my? I don't
2: understand that much, but what's that about? Just nice to finish in front of you, money. It. Give me that. Huh? You give me that, way. you? Give me six to four to finish a length in front. Mister, No, Adia, but... Oh, it's fight and talk. Take care of my strip. Oh, I like See that. About fight and talk. We missed you on this podcast, Paul <laughs> Callan.
0: I have, I have to admit, Adia is a little bit... Bit of a big price in my opinion, ten to three. With sometimes, I I I would have had him in around about the nine nine to four kind of shot. I do think there's you can't really separate. Uh, the three of them personally, maybe Saint Mark's Basilica. I would actually have as the third favorite. Uh, I'm just trying to get us some
2: value in the match bay here.
0: I I think um the fact that he's been running in France, even though he he's obviously been very impressive in the French Guineas and French Derby, I'm I'm a little bit concerned that Aidan O'Brien, if he really thought that this was his best three-year-old at the beginning <laughs> of the year, why didn't he run him in the two thousand Guineas? That would be a major concern of mine. Um, say. So yeah, I, I I do think that uh, I think he should be at a bigger price. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting tactical race. Uh, so I think me and Mark are in agreement with uh, Mishreef. And um, and uh, Paul is keen on Adeeb, who I will admit is a slightly uh, bigger price than I would have anticipated. So all difference of opinion there again. We're then going to focus our attention to Haydock, where we'll be previewing two races on the card there. The first one of them is the 240, it's the Bet365. Lancashire Oaks It's a Group 2 four, Phillies and Mayors. And I'll come to Mark here first. Alpinista is your current favourite at 13 to 8 for Sir Mark Prescott. Did you think this one was a little bit too short or did you really like
2: her? You'd be looking at my notes, Chris Loder, or you just know me that well. This this is the one I want to take on. Um, she, all of, the, all of the races we're going to be looking at... Um, on this podcast. She's probably the one that I want to take on at the price. I think she's she's awfully short um, around thirteen eighty six 6 to 4, 5 to 4 in places. Um, she is top Ray. It was impressive at Goodwood on the 30th of April. Um, my main concern is the ground with her. Um, all her best form, perform, performances have been on a quicker surface. Um, I, I've got a feeling that Haydock could cut up um, over the weekend and she's definitely not going to get quite grand. Um, she's been unplaced on all runs. Good to soft, uh, which I think is going to be um, on Saturday. Um, I want to take it on for wind purposes, uh, primarily on the ground factor. I think I think four to six the fields value here. Um, and if she goes on silly prices in the place market, like say if you can lay this, if you if you can layer at say two on or three's on in the free market, that's something I'd probably play as well. Or even the four place market, because if you look at her form on anything uh, softer than good, uh, it just doesn't read well. If she needs a quicker surface, so this this is one I'll be taking on.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I, th- I think it's going to be interesting to see if she does last out until post-time because if, if the ground does get on the soft side, Samark has taken her out before, so this this market could really change. I thought it was quite a trappy race, in my opinion. I thought you could give chances to quite a few at bigger prices. I thought laloon might be interesting. She yeah, won the pinnacle stakes on her last start. And also, as well, Cabaletta seemed to bounce back uh, to form behind uh laloon last time i, I might have, i might um play them actually in a reverse forecast i could see them find out again well, Miss-
2: laloon was impressive last time out chris Folder, especially he's going to get similar conditions as well i've um, the course of distance form um 10 to 1's a big price
0: yeah I, I couldn't have mystery angel i'm not sure if she actually stays the trip i think she's probably more effective going back down in trip tribal craft is the one i would be worried about out of out of um the ones we just spoke about, I think her win at York was very good last time. But I think if it really did turn into a slog, that's the way she would prefer. So, yeah, it, I, I'm not keen on Alpinista at all. How about you, Paul? Uh, Alpinista, is she your uh, idea of the winner here? So
1: I'm going to take Alpinista on with Laloon, who's won her. She comes in here in terrific form. I've won her last two. I think I actually tipped her up last time out. And I'm going to stick with her. She was a she was course and distance winner, when last seen, I think that experience should stand her in good stead here. David Probert remains loyal. I would imagine David Probert could have ridden the Andrew Balding trained Tribal Craft, who he was on board Tribal Craft's um, Group Three victory at York last time out towards the, the end of May. So David Probert staying loyal, and that's good enough for me. So it's Laloon for me in the two forty. That's a
2: good shout, Paul Kelly. Like if you're looking at looking at this one's form. Uh, course and distance, going to get conditions to suit, Trip looks spot on as well. Um, I've seen worse than at one-shots, I'll tell you.
0: Yeah, I definitely think she's a major player, and i will be disappointed actually if she couldn't go very close. So Laluna is for me and Pooh. and remind us who you liked again, Mark?
2: Yeah, I'll just be laying a uh, favourite up in a for the win, and if she goes really short, I'll probably layer in the two in the three-place market as well, That's silly odds.
0: Of course. So Mark uh, is representing the old company there, and is going to lay out Panista. We then. What does that mean? I don't know. I, I don't I'm know. Looking
2: for an exact call here, Paul. Callahan. Basically, we just don't want her to, to win, and we want her out of three, and we get paid. for it. That's how it works, Paul Callahan.
0: Move. Let's move on to the final race. We're going to preview. It's a good old handicap. Um, it's the Bet Three Six Five Old Newton Cup. Um, the Three Fifteen at Haydock. Wide open fields. Uh, I'm going to get mine out of the way to claim that I got there first if the other two like it. <laughs> I really like the chances here of Dark Jedi for David Allen and Tim Easterby. Um, finished second uh, last year um, in a decent handicap and was just chinned late on uh, by Yukon Glenn, who's now uh, a group performer. I thought it was an eye-catching run at Windsor last week, setting up for a big big um, pot, and I do think this horse awesome. at ran about 14 to one some firms has been completely laid out for this race. And I think he's more effective over this trip rather than a uh, one mile, six furlong, uh, he attempted last year. So for me, I would like the chances of dark Jedi. I think I might come to Mark here on this one because, I uh, I saw him effing and blinding. So, uh, were you in agreement with me? Yeah, you beat me to it. Lucky
2: loaders. Um, yeah, there's, there's two alike in this race. Well, one is star Jedi. Um, to be, I think this one's a big price. Uh Consistent sort, showing the best form on a softer surface, uh, which Dark Jedi will get. I and mean, ran well, uh, the Betford Exchange, old Borough Handicap, uh, just outstayed by you can Glenn, who's obviously frank to form since, um, as a group performer. Definitely worth a chance back at a mile four. Um, grounded Dark Jedi's form as well. Has a chance of 95, uh, can't can be competitive. There's actually two I wanted to touch. One was Dark Jedi. Um, the other one was uh, Richard Hannon's Lost Eden. I'm willing to give this one another chance, softer surface. I think something was amiss last time out at Ascot because that run was just so bad. Uh, big price at twenty five to one. Um I just think of ninety six this one's worth another chance. So yeah, both uh, two double figure prices here. Um, I thought this was competitive. If you touch the both of them, you maybe get about a ten to one shot in the field. Uh, maybe around nine to one would be bigger on, on the exchange, obviously. But yeah, um wouldn't be surprised if Lost Eden bounces back. Shows uh, some of that early form. Um and obviously, Dark Jedi of Timmy's bees as well. I think this one could be competitive at ninety five.
0: Yeah, she's very, very interesting. Handicapped debut as well, ran uh, in a listed race at Ascot last time out, so you'd be disappointed if there wasn't a little bit more to come from her. How about you, Paul? Uh, what did you like in this race?
1: Well, as Mark says, this is absolutely wide open, and I think we have to give a mention to to long for some hour. and Luke Morris. One one is last to first start in grass, however, so it could be short enough when you take that into consideration. As mentioned, is two from three in the all weather, has a handy weight of eight stone ten. Who knows where Longsider could end, could end up as far as, as handicap ratings are concerned. The two worries, two concerns would be one that I've mentioned: is Longsider's first start on grass, and secondly, Stall eighteen It's not ideal. I know people uh, might say it's you know is a mile and a half to cover, but you know you, you can you might be able to win a race in the first forum or two forums, but you'll certainly be able to lose it. So that has to be a concern. Just it, how Luke Morris is going to play his cards from there. So. And such a competitive handicap with a fair with two fair question marks to, to of concern over alongside her at relatively short odds. I do think Pirate King is interesting. First start from grass since June 2019, comes here in good form with a couple of decent efforts on the all weather, has a nice draw, it draws me a bit kinder to Pirate King, who is drawn in stall three, six year old. Not incredibly high mileage on the clock. is just having his 19 starts. So for me, I would take a chance at a bit of at a bit of a price. For Pirate King
2: for trainer Charlie Fellows and jockey Kieran Schumer.
0: Yeah, of Callahan.
2: Sorry for another. Were you were you insinuating that uh, Longsider was a was a lay or a place lay there?
1: I wouldn't be place laying, but I'm just saying if if you're betting, if you're having an each way, he's not an each way price for me. Uh what price is he now, Longsider? He's like six to
2: one, seven on. Would you lay this one in the two place market? One, six to four. I'm, I'm pushing you into bet here. I'm gonna. Yeah, you know, I we're not, we're not. I'm, I'm not a massive fan of this lay. I'm
1: kind of the old fashioned one. That lay match bet's wasted on me that bet uh, to be word.
2: That B word is to be mentioning from time to time. I'm not allowed to see that word in this podcast. <laughs> Bad word. That's what we call
0: it. I think we need to speak to Barry or Marcus because if we're going to keep mentioning Betfair, I'm hoping me and Paul are going to get paid for it as well. So I yeah, we need
2: to get him on, I'll speak to him. See what he's up to. Yeah, I think I test.
0: think I think we need. To, to talk to them but yeah this is definitely a a, a wide open handicap with uh, many different um uh elements thrown into it but i was gonna say pirate king getting back to racing here is actually the t- type of horse charlie fellows excels with These these horses that are quite lightly raced have got a bit of a progressive profile still about them aims them at these decent pots he can do well with with this kind of profile of course and it has form as well with Midnight's Legacy, who who's in this lineup as well uh, at a bit of a shorter price. So, yeah, um, a very interesting uh, race, and that rounds off the five races that we're looking at this week. Now, before we uh, sign off, um, I'll ask the guys if they've got any other bets, any other fancies for the action on Saturday. I'll just quickly give a mention to Beat Le Bon in the two twenty five at Sandown. Uh, I thought he was down to a very uh workable mark now. He's rated 104. Um, his last two runs have been very encouraging. He's been one of these classic horses that are in and out of handicap and listed in Group 3 company. But when he seems to run in handicaps, he seems to uh, to find it a little bit calmer for him. And I thought of his rating of 104, I thought that wasn't uh, bad there at all. And I think he's going to get a good strong pace to aim at, which I think he needs. And I think he'll be doing his best work later on. And I think I've seen about 14, 16 to 1 for him, I I think he's a good each way bet there. So away from uh, Dark Jedi, Dark Jedi who will be my nap on this podcast. I'll give a favourable mention to Beat Lebon too. I'll come to you, Mark. Uh, did you have a best bet for the weekend?
2: Yeah, I was quite keen on uh, Dark Jedi at the price. I think that'll probably be my next best. But we'll go for um we'll go for a statement on Martin Meads i was currently around two to one available at the moment. And I think this one's probably going to go shorter on the day. Um, just I think this one looks hard to beat. Ultra consistent sort, and the previous few runs have been on a higher grade. Um, I think this looks an average list these stakes as well. I think this is definitely one to beat.
0: Awesome, Mark's going with a with a good old favourite. That's fair enough. How about you though, Paul? Uh, a favourite this week in the naps department, or I'm,
1: I couldn't do that. Chris, I I wouldn't, wouldn't do that to the listeners. Um Arecibo I do think is a cracking bet in the, the one fifty at Sand that group three contest. But I think Laloon is a is a cracking bet. I think the fact that David Probert, I'm assuming, can't confirm, but I'm I'm guessing David Probert could have rolled Tribal Craft, who he won on last time out. He stuck loyal to Laloon. And I'm also looking forward to the 415 at Nace on Saturday afternoon. It's a mile and two handicap. I like to look at the Strange Zola Secura. Colin Keane on board was a winner last time out on handicap debut off, um, handicap mark of Handicap Marker 72 at Gorham Park. That win came back on the 14th of June. And off Handicap Marker of 78, Zola Secura would have a fair chance from stall number eight following up that success in its 415 at Nace.
0: Okay, that's great. So, thanks for uh, Mark and Paul's time this week. It's great having them both back on again. Great crackers, uh, usual. But, yeah, it's that's... all funny games,
2: for me and Callan on the podcast. It, it is great to be back. And uh, is it is it coming home, Chris? I think no so. No chance. No chance. You see that northern voice? No chance.
0: Well, at least at least if England do win at least you'll have the famous uh, saying gun. at least we stopped England from winning at that tournament, you know. So <laughs> Listen, I want
2: them to get to the final because it'll hurt more.
0: Yeah, well, it's already home anyway, so don't Ooh. worry.
2: you are saying England 1-on-1, Chris
0: I've been Ooh. saying it since the start of the tournament. Don't you worry, son. Anyway, Heck. anyway, we'll, we'll you get the, the, the petition going for the home nations again, and then we might be able to sort it all out. But yeah, that's all we've got time for this week. So if you haven't done so already, make sure you follow us on Twitter where our handle is at, In the Saddle Pod. Remember to please rate and review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on, whether it's Apple, Spotify or SoundCloud. Please gamble responsibly. Hopefully we've given you some winners this week and we'll be seeing you again soon.